0: This podcast is part of the MyPodcast.com network. Go online right now and get your very own 100% free podcast, MyPodcast.com. Welcome to Kuden, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Shidoshi Jeffrey Miller and Black Belt Eric White. Shidoshi Miller is a 12th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 25 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Eric White has been a student of Shidoshi Miller's for five years and holds a second degree black belt. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Thank you for joining us on our third episode of Kudin. I'm Eric White with Shidoshi Jeffrey Miller. As always, you can get lots more content by going to warrior-concepts-online.com. Great avenue to find out more. And if you want to get involved with seminars, camps, training, uh, find out what you can by going to warrior-concepts-online.com. You can submit questions, warrior C at warrior-concepts-online.com. On today's episode, Safe Travel, Safety Tips and what to watch out for when traveling uh you know we live in this kind of post 9/11 age which is a lot of what we hear the talking heads on network news talk about all the time it's you know results of post 9/11 but the issue of safe travel has been around for a lot longer than since no. what happened on September 11th. Well, and the
1: world's getting smaller and stuff like that. But, I mean, uh, just like we talk about on the training floor, right, uh, if one of my primary principles is to circle behind the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to literally run around behind him. I can do something to get him to turn around or I can wait until he attacks me a certain way. And his back is now to me, right? So mm-hmm. there's lots of ways. So um, think about the idea of implied travel where another group of people – migrate to your area.
0: Mm.
1: And now you Mm. just inherited the danger culture and everything. I didn't have to travel to that area. It was brought to me, and now the attacks change i 'm only mentioning that because our, our, our area here has changed drastically mm-hmm. um, It all started out with this influx of folks who were moving in from the big cities because it was a nice quiet area to raise their kids and everything was nice right, right. and Then the government stepped in and thought this would be a great relocation area because we't have a certain we didn 't have enough people statistically on you know the government assistance programs or you know let's, uh let 's release some hardened criminals into quiet areas and stuff because we know that a wolf, when we put him in a fold of sheep, will calm down and become a sheep, right? No, they freaking feed, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah, we'll talk about the traveling thing, but remember that um, traveling can be implied. I mean, you can go to a party and realize you're out of your element and feel like you just stepped into the twilight zone. So right. uh, what we're going to be talking about is being prepared going from point A to point B. Uh, but, you know, you know, I've talked about this in the past. I, I really want people to think about things outside yeah. the box.
0: that's what's so great about this kind of training mm-hmm. is that it's just, you know, any topics like this that I could think of, there's always something that, that you throw out there that just totally flips it as to what, yeah. you know, most well, this thought is, is about. This is
1: hopefully. why this is called Kuden. Uh-huh. Right? It's the void transmission. It's the beyond the scroll kind of stuff because, uh, you know, you got the stuff on the scrolls, but if that's all you're ever working on, what the hell good is it, mm. right? But your teacher is always talking to you and telling you things, right? I've always listened to my teachers. I've been, I've insinuated myself into conversations, even if I'm just sitting there listening to him and somebody else having a conversation. God, I can learn so much from that, right? Mm. So here's this personal one-on-one. It's not for everybody. This is a very situational we happen to be talking about something we saw on the news or whatever, and mm-hmm. he puts out his insight.
0: Yeah.
1: And I go, wow, never thought about that that way before. As a matter of fact, I never thought about that before. <laughs> Hell, I didn't even know about that before. You know, that kind of thing, right? Very right. different. Um, before you move on, I, I, th- something's been gnawing at me, and I should have oh, done okay. this during the first se- uh, first episode of Kuden. Okay. You keep introducing me as Shidoshi Miller, mm-hmm. right? And we know in the Naboojinkan that there's this belief that from a certain Don level up— Right, your title is Shihan. Ah, right? yeah. Yeah, I don't use that. Uh, experimented around with it a little bit because students thought I should and things like mm-hmm. that. But you know what? Um, I even got an email from somebody who threatened to sue me for using it because if I was really in the Bujinkan, right, I'd be using this title because everybody knows this. Well, I had to give him a little history lesson. I'm not going <laughs> to go gonna in. Press a lawsuit. <laughs> I'm not going to go into wow. it or whatever. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it was a big, long email that I sent him. Um, anyway, I have a certificate hanging on my wall, Mm -hmm. signed by Hatsumi Sensei, right, as a Shidoshi teacher, Mm. okay, because that's what I am, Mm -hmm. okay, and that's my official teaching title, the word Shihan is an honorific used by one person to identify another Mm -hmm. as a master, master instructor, whatever, okay, I don't care what rank people use this or whatever, but this would not be something that somebody would designate for themselves. They wouldn't. I wouldn't walk around going, "Hi, I'm Shihan Miller." Any idea why? Because of the term that
0: it actually is.
1: Yeah, but if you look at the kanji that that make up the word Shihan, yeah, they're the kanji for role model. Can you imagine <laughs> the arrogance of me walking up to I'm somebody the model going, citizen. "Hi, I'm role model Miller." Right. You know, do as I do. And even if people do look to me as a role model. How freaking arrogant would I have to be to walk up to people and go, I am God. Mm. Do it as I do it because I don't do anything wrong. You mm. think about all the implications to saying, hi, I'm role
0: model Miller. Yeah, So people can use that term. And yeah. I'm glad you put it out there because people do use the term. That's the thing, and not just within the boojum, sure but other martial arts. I'm sure we drop dropped up.
1: people off this list and everything, and people stop listening because well, you know, I was going to listen to a shodoshi because that only goes up to what seventh dan, eighth dan, whatever. Mm. After that, right. I mean, I want to listen to a shihan. Well, right. you know what? Okay, mm. you know if that's that's where you're going with it, then the slightest little change in come I positioning, or you had a little error because you thought you heard something or learned something a certain way as a white belt, and now as a black belt, you got some more experience under your belt, so to speak, and somebody corrects that, the hell?
0: Mm.
1: You know? Um, ignorance breeds ignorance. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not knocking on anybody. I can understand where this stuff came from, but, you know, when Westerners grab a lot of these Japanese ideas they just get twisted all around. Assumptions are made. Yeah. People are making assumptions or listening to Jack, Joe, Frank, or whoever without doing their own historical research and figuring out what, where, how, whatever. Okay, mm. And they're doing themselves a huge injustice. I mean, can you imagine the criminal justice system? As flawed as it is now, but could you imagine just assuming that somebody was guilty without verifying evidence? How many people would be in jail that shouldn't mm. be? Yeah. How many more people would be? Yeah. You know, percentage-wise, I think we're not doing too bad because every once in a while, yeah, somebody does, does get, yeah. you know, that happens to them. But can you imagine? And yet we've got all these people in this art and, and learning self-defense or whatever not verifying their information. Hmm. Just taking whatever somebody who has some kind of title for gospel. Yeah. Without checking it out themselves. This is not like buying a couch or a car, guys. It's not. This is your freaking life. You screw this up, there's no do-over. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's just that's ludicrous, right? You buy a car and it turns out to be a lemon, right? Sue somebody, turn your car over, go, go buy another car, right? I made a mistake. Oops, you know? So you made vegetable soup, same things. Oops, <laughs> dump that pot. Let's start that again, <laughs> right? Can you imagine? When are you going right. to find out that what you're learning is screwed up? Yeah. yeah. Not the time you want to be learning that.
0: Right. right? Very, very important distinction there. Also, coming up today on the show... Uh, Iton Jutsu, Disguise and Impersonation. And we, we had a lot of fun talking off air about the latest Batman film, The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, I said, you know, oh, it, it kind of struck me as odd as the way he's always kind of this husky whisper. And, and it differed so much from the previous Batman films, which weren't like that. Well, but, you're not
1: the only one, because I've seen some, some news reports online. And, oh, people are talking about that stuff left and right. There's two different camps. And, yeah. you know, oh, my God, who would do that? You know, and <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, Wow. How ninja-like, right? Because remember, Batman is a ninja.
0: Uh huh. (laughs) So there's a great topic coming up that we're going to cover today on the show. And finally, the compassionate warrior. What is the warrior's view on compassion? Uh, How does a warrior define that word specifically? So uh, there's a whole fluffy
1: bunny. Let me tell (laughs)
0: you. Oh, (laughs) be nice. (laughs) that That is coming up and sure to shake up your brain a little bit on this episode of Kuden. Up next, the news. With the latest in self-defense and martial arts current events and information from around the world to you, this is Kuden News. Soke Atsumi was recently asked about the theme for 2009. Typically, Soke picks a weapon, Ryu, or overall theme to influence the year's training. Soke's response about 2009 is no theme. Soke, however, discussed three things that are important to a martial artist: Sino, ability and/or talent; Kokoro, heart; and Utsuwa, capacity. Mark Lithgow, Soke's interpreter at the time of the discussion, says he took Soke's words as ability, heart, and a capacity for growth is important for a martial artist. In WCI News, another seminar in the Ninja Special Weapons and Tactics series was held recently. This latest special training opportunity covered hanbo, jute, and tessin techniques and strategies. The event was a great success. One student in attendance, James Alexander, said, I learned that weapons don't make you better just because you have them. In fact, the opposite could be true. They can make the mistakes you normally make with your taijutsu even more evident. For more details and information on how you can attend one of Shidoshi Miller's seminars and or classes, visit warrior-concepts-online.com or call area code 570-988-2228. All right, here we are back with Kuden. Thank you for joining us on our third episode. And today talking about travel, safety tips, and what you can watch out for when traveling. Uh, you know, a lot of the news coverage and stuff is always pointing this out now. Ever since you know, 9-11 happened, like all of a sudden people thought, oh, it's a dangerous world to travel <sighs> in. Yeah, you know, okay. they attacked us. So now it's right. Oh, now all of a sudden it's a dangerous world. But I mean, there, there's been a need for being safe forever when it well, comes to traveling. I mean, and and you know that when I was in when I did my
1: military time and and things like that, I was training counter terrorist operations in Germany. So in the 80s, I mean, this stuff was happening all over the place, right? Mm. Well, it wasn't happening here. Right. You know, how much did Americans care? That an airport was being blown up in in Germany or whatever, right? right? It happens here. Oh, we defecate a brick and we're ready to build, a, you know, a hobby house or whatever. We're ready to build this this whole thing, right? Because yeah. oh, there's danger in the world. Uh, last uh, episode we were talking about the whole uh, bully thing, and when yeah. I sat on that board, right? Oh, I got so pissed <laughs> because people kept bringing up since Columbine. Mm-hmm. Why do you think all this stuff suddenly happened since Columbine? Excuse me, I was raised in inner-city schools, and we had kids dying and getting beat up and stuff. We've had for decades, and we're mm-hmm. talking 60s, 70s, that kind of stuff. And I finally had, I had enough, and I said, you know what? What I believe Columbine did was shake up the white-bred middle-class white folks to realize, oh, this can happen to us, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't mean to be, and please don't take that as racist or anything like that, but, you know, these are people from a small town and all that, and they kept referring to Columbine. Columbine was an area very much like we live in, and that's what happened, right? Woke them up, but then they went back to the same kind of complacent quick fixes and stuff, right? They put a buzzer on the front door, and the office is around the corner somewhere. There's no video on the place. Mm. You ring the buzzer, they open it up, and then you're trusted to go to the office to check in, Mm. right? Oh, yeah, but we, we... put a lock on the door you can't come in unless we buzz you
0: <laughs> okay great <laughs> that's some that's some tight security i gotta tell there you ya. go um, i got this here and, and we'll lead off with this i got this from uh, off the u.s department of state uh, their their websites where a lot of people go to get passport information sure, travel sure, sure, information sure. but they put out a lot of travel warnings about places and um i found this one about and this kind of sort of hit hits close to home here uh with with the u.s Uh, violence along the U.S.-Mexico border, uh, and it reads, Violent criminal activity fueled by a war between criminal organizations struggling for control of the lucrative narcotics trade continues along the U.S.-Mexico border. Tax are aimed primarily at members of drug trafficking organizations, Mexican police forces, criminal justice officials, and journalists. However, foreign visitors and residents, including Americans, have been among the victims of homicides and kidnappings in the border region. In its effort to combat violence, the government of Mexico has deployed military troops in various parts of the country. U.S. citizens are urged to cooperate with official checkpoints when traveling on Mexican highways. So just, you know, a lot of people think, oh, Mexico is right down on the other side of the border. Maybe I'll go down to Cancun. It'll be nice. It's pretty. But there's, you know, a lot of there's there's a reason to be concerned. So it's not just, you know, if you travel to the Middle East, you must be worried. I mean, there's well, so many other places. There's that, lots of other places.
1: I, I I went to a seminar um one year. Where was Where were we? Uh. I think we are in Florida. Um, and a big seminar going... No, I'm sorry. It was in Dayton, Ohio. Mm. Uh, we were in this, um, I don't know, hotel. It wasn't... I'm not going to name names, but it was uh, yeah. an upscale yeah. kind of thing, Holiday Inn, whatever. Okay. Big conference rooms and stuff. Sure. So we did the seminar in the conference rooms, and, and then you know they bought out blocks of rooms and things like that, right? Yeah. Big swimming pool, hot tub, that kind of thing. So it was, relaxation time was nice. Right? <laughs> it was a nice place, right? Okay. Well... There were these thieves that were breaking into the rooms, stealing stuff, Mm. right? Um, They got the training schedule for the different conferences that were going on Mm -hmm. and knew when break times and stuff were, so they were breaking in during the times where they knew the rooms would be empty, Mm. right? What they didn't know was that two of our guys who shared a room ended up getting really, really sick. I don't Mm. know if it was meal or whatever. I can't remember. But they were in the room these guys broke into their room okay got the shit kicked out of them <laughs> but the reason that happened was yeah. they didn't decide to run the room occupants were in the room so they attacked them so wow. think about it you come home you just been at disney with the kids right right you walk into your room waiting to relax and you've walked in on the people rifling through your your room yeah okay there's an attack situation Uh, rapists often do this. Ones that break into homes and stuff like that, right? Mm. Um, they, this, I'm sorry, not rapists, but, uh, robbers. Okay. Okay, Burglars. Okay. It starts out to be a burglary, right? They break in. She's supposed to be off somewhere else. Maybe she did this guy and went home early or Mm -hmm. called off her date or who knows, right? But whatever information they had, she wasn't supposed to be there, blah, 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 right? She startles them. Some thieves. Have actually become rapists because they will rape a woman okay to get away because they know that they are much more likely the victim is much i'm sorry much less likely to report a rape than to report a burglar. Wow as a matter of fact, the statistics are like one in five rapes goes unreported so um, so they 'll use this to get out so um, you know as a traveler. We're not talking about just you know buying a ticket onto a plane that runs into a big tall building. Yeah. Um, you know, air traffic is still the best. It's still the safest way to go. That kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking everything from being able to get off of a tour bus, right? How do you get out of a restaurant? That kind of thing. Okay. When you're basically, what I'm talking about when I talk about safety for travelers is having certain skills or certain. Not even certain abilities, because self-defense is self-defense, right? Right. But being able to operate and not getting closed down when you're outside your element, when you're outside your comfort zone. Mm. Because when you're traveling, you're not at home. You're in areas that is brand new for you, right? Um, And also, remembering in the back of your head that it's not what the tourist area is depicting. Mm. There are certain zoos that I visited with my kids that are right in the heart of the slum of the city, And here's this big, beautiful zoo. And you know what? The people who live there are pretty resentful that there's this big (laughs) government thing right there. Mm. You know, this big zoo right in the middle of their uh, territory. And it's got all this great upkeep, and they're living in crap. Right. Right. So um, that's really what we're talking about, being outside the element. Um, The Mexican thing you were talking about, um, we talked about SWORD last time. Yeah. uh, Yeah, there was a a time uh, back in... I don't know, it was probably 15, 20 years ago, maybe I was training. We're talking late 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people just kept questioning why are we training with swords? I mean, nobody yeah. carries those things anymore, right? Why why bother with swords, right? right. And uh, we're talking about how, you know, um, it may not be a sword that they're swinging. Somebody may swing a pull cue or have a butcher knife or, you know, whatever, okay? And they're coming mm-hmm. at you uh, in a way that is like. These traditional sword swings or whatever, okay, and having an experience or having experience with weapons coming at you this way teaches you the principles for defending against anything We also hmm. talked about remember that universal weapon kind of thing you were talking yeah, about yeah right? getting away from one weapon is like getting away from any any weapon like that, right mm-hmm. whether it 's edged or clubs as a matter of fact, online uh, there 's a section under weapons that classifies the five weapon types, uh-huh. not swords, stabs, whatever, bladed stick, rope flexible and projectile. I'm sorry, bladed, stick, flexible, projectile, and a uh, combination, right? So can go, people can go there and read about that kind of stuff. But uh, why train with swords, right? So we're talking about this stuff, and lo and behold, and I feel really bad that this thing actually happened, but it helped present the lesson. Uh, there were a group of 15 American tourists in South America on a bus hmm. that got attacked by bandits and chopped down and just slaughtered. Mm. The bandits were armed with machete, right? Right. Just like a short sword or something like that that would be swinging at people. And absolutely, why train with swords? Why train to defend against a sword? Uh, (laughs) People may not carry those things out in the open here, but depending on where you're on vacation, right? Um, So pay attention to Mm -hmm. what's going on. You don't have to just go to the Department of State, but just keeping in the back of your head that, you know, tourist areas are rife with thieves and pickpockets and, uh, you know, criminals, I mean criminal activity, mm-hmm. where you have people from out of the area, you got people from the area that can take advantage of you. you know? mm. So um, one of the things I always do, and this is just a simple passive thing, is I carry what I call my vacation wallet. I don't even carry a wallet normally okay. when I'm on vacation. I have this old Velcro wallet that I have. right? It looks well used. And in it I have <laughs> just about every expired card i've ever owned (laughs) right Uh, credit cards debit cards insurance cards whatever right and then in it goes a five dollar bill and 15 ones okay Uh and it's my throwaway right so if somebody wants my money that's the wallet they get because they wanted something and chances are they're going to take off right they just wanted the wallet right if i think they're going to kill me And besides that, if they're going to do that, they would shoot me, take my wallet off my dead body, and wait for the cops to show up, which they're not going to wait, right? Right. So I just give them this thing because my life is worth 20 bucks and... Twenty bucks is more than the pri- or more than an okay price to pay for not having to go through the inconvenience of wasting my vacation, sitting mm-hmm. in a police station somewhere, filling out a statement, going through mug books, that kind of stuff. Right. So I toss this thing because they're going to run around a corner, whatever. Check it. Oh, there, there it is. They can just keep on booking, right? But if I give them something that's empty, well, now right. what? Right. Anything I can do to avoid things, right? Uh, but there's lots of other things. Like uh, in the danger prevention tactics video, we point out that you know the the safety rules grew out of our kindergarten fire escape or you know evacuation things from school mm-hmm. right uh if the plane comes down right or the or the tour bus you know uh, crashes or whatever okay everybody should move orderly in an orderly fashion into the aisle and then toward the nearest exit
0: mm-hmm.
1: you ever seen human beings move orderly when they panicked freaking stampede just like every other animal right yeah. and when only about 20% of the occupancy rate of a transport of a public transportation vehicle, plane, train, bus, whatever, can fit into the aisleway,
0: mm.
1: right? Yeah. Where, where are you going, right? So one of the things that I really advocate on the danger prevention tactics video is pre-planning before you go, right? When I right. when I buy an airplane ticket, the cool thing about the internet now is I can not only buy the ticket, right, but I can I know what plane I'm going to be on, and they'll often bring up a seating chart, and I yeah. can choose my seats, right? Right, absolutely. I get a bulkhead seat. It's mm-hmm. right there at the door. bulkhead mm-hmm. is the, the door kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I get a bulkhead seat, right? And you have to agree to, you know, helping everybody off the plane and all that kind of stuff. Uh, great. Yeah. Downside for most people is you got a smaller tray and uh you know, you don't have a movie screen right in front of you, it's kind of up and off to the side. You know what? Right. I got great leg room and the door is right there. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Uh or I'll get a safety window or you know, whatever. I, I I plan where I'm gonna go. Right. And I always get a window seat. Okay. I couldn't care less about the takeoff and landing view. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you've been traveling, all the airports look alike anyway. And once you're at 30,000 feet, every once in a while a cloud might look neat, but it's gone. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I get a window seat because I'm right next to the bulkhead. And remember what everybody else has been taught, move to the aisle. So yeah. when they panic, they're all killing each other to get in the aisle. Guess where most of the space on the plane or the or the train or bus is? Right next to the windows, right next yeah. to the wall. Yeah. I can now climb over the seats and go directly to the exit that I wanted to go to. huh. If I I don't have an exit seat right there. Right. So um, this is just, it's not thinking outside the box. It's not trusting the people who went, okay, place this oxygen mask over your face. And you know what? (laughs) Above a certain altitude, you're going to need some oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. Below it, you don't need oxygen. And my question is, why are they pumping oxygen to you and not air? Hmm. Because oxygen is euphoric and causes you to be okay right you'll be okay with putting your legs or your head between your legs and kissing your ass goodbye. Mm. it calms everybody down and makes them complacent mm. right so think about why they're doing these things right, right. why would you do that mm. right um, so uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's some articles that I have out there. As a matter of fact, there's a specific article on safety for travelers, and then there's the danger prevention tactics video and stuff like that. So, yeah. but uh, really think about what it's all about. It's about uh, getting caught with your pants down basically outside your element mm. and not taking it for granted that the world looks like the tourist area. Because two blocks off the tourist area, go to DC, go right around the Capitol and stuff. Right? Yeah. Go two blocks off the normal tourist area. You're in heap you're in hip deep yeah. when it comes to criminal activity. Okay? Yeah. All it takes is for you to make a wrong turn while you're walking around visiting the monuments and mm. you're in the wrong neighborhood, right? So think about that. Mm. Okay. Um and just not taking things for granted, right? Pre planning, not just what you're packing clothes wise, but you know, mm. what might what what could happen and are you prepared to deal with that?
0: A whole wealth of information is available with the Danger Prevention Tactics video. You can check that out online uh, at uh, warrior-concepts-online.com. And if you have questions, warrior-c at warrior-concepts-online.com. Coming up, our next segment, going to talk about intonjutsu, disguise and impersonation. We'll even bring Batman into the mix on this as uh,
1: Batman the Ninja. So this will <laughs> Bat- be really Batman cool. the
0: Ninja. That's coming up next on Kuden. Heck. What is the karate myth? Find out why most martial arts programs fail their students when they need it most. Get the most hard-hitting manual on the subject of self-protection, The Karate Myth, by self-defense expert Jeffrey Miller. Learn how a fight really works and what experience is needed to survive a brutal assault. Learn how to ensure your safety in a violent world. Get the ebook The Karate Myth, by Jeffrey Miller today, with additional bonus materials by logging on to www.warrior-concepts-online.com or call 570-988-2228. The Karate Myth, the truth about self-defense. All right, we are back with our next segment of Kuden, talking about Ington Jutsu, disguise and impersonation, and we... We kinda got into the Batman thing a little bit. Uh I had I had discussed as many other people I guess have, have come up with this as to why in the most recent Batman film uh he Christian Bale plays the the, the Batman He's got this really husky, whispery. It's just so demonic voice. It, it seems, yeah. It seems maybe some people are saying, "Oh, it's a little overdone." Why? Sure. Why is he talking like that? The other Batman films weren't that way. We
1: got a guy but, dressed in a bulletproof rubber <laughs> suit that looks like a frickin' flying, you know, rodent, yeah, or, or you know, mammal or whatever, with a cape and drives around in a frickin' tank,
0: and his voice overdoes it. <laughs> yeah, right. What the hell? <laughs> but you, you had a very interesting segue from that into. The whole disguise and impersonation so, sure you know, he gave a new aspect as to why he would do that. Well, we want to make sure that we're not
1: overlooking things. You know, to, for a lot of people, disguise and impersonation, one they're the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and they're not. Disguise is putting on a costume and changing your your uh, physical characteristics. Mm-hmm. Okay, impersonation is becoming something else, mm. whether you have makeup or not. Mm. Okay, so. When, when people do these things, they tend to tend to think in gross level and they don't think about the details. That's what gets most criminals caught. Right. <laughs> right. So think about it. I'm this rich guy, right, from a certain upper crust of society. And if you've watched the movies and stuff, you get the idea that he's trying to create something bigger than life, something that everybody could fear. If they see Batman as a man, he's easier to deal with psychologically, emotionally, and physically hmm. than if he's this... Superhuman, superhero, bigger than life kind of symbol. Mm. Yes? Mm-hmm. That was his plan, right? So let's think psychologically here about uh, our assumptions about somebody who's rich, upper crust, that kind of thing, right? Very graceful, very dignified, that kind of thing. One, um, are they generally going to feel okay emotionally running around in the neighborhood in, uh, you know, cape and a rubber suit and Right? That kind of thing. Maybe. Let's stretch it to maybe, right? But let's look at details. Okay, he's taking care of his face, he's taking care of his physique because the rubber suit actually has contour to it and all that, right? Yeah. So it kinda of breaks up his general appearance and everything, right? So he's harder to, to um harder to identify that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he looks at the bad guy or he looks at anybody, right? He's in public making a speech to people and he says, I think we should, uh, you know, all get together and – see, my voice didn't change, right? Right? And if his goal is to instill fear in criminals who are generally fearless in public because they're already outside the law, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? Well, these people are still fairly, you know – Concern when it comes to I don't know demons or things that are just un- indestructible and un- you know you can't kill them you can't intimidate them that kind of thing mm-hmm. right so the one detail that people often overlook is disguising their voice hmm. right uh, in disguising and impersonation and in stealth training when we when we take a look at this stuff I remember coming to camps and we've talked about how a human being at a distance isn't recognized first by the subconscious mind as a human being. It's identified as a small inverted triangle point down over a larger one, Hmm. okay? So disguise has to begin by breaking up that shape if you're going to disappear into the landscape, right? So just putting an ear over on a shoulder changes the shape of the upper triangle, Hmm. relative to the lower triangle. So we're not talking about looking at detail. We're talking about you know maybe a guard scanning an area or somebody that you're worried about scanning an area, right? So the Batman's outfit with the cape and everything tends to break up that as well because you don't have the same facial contours to deal with. The The, the outfit breaks that up. But the voice really changes things a lot. Hmm. So the more he can do that, the more exaggerated he could be, One, the more demonic he's going to sound, the more fear he's going to invoke in those people he's trying to do that to. Um, But at the same time, he has a vested interest in disguising the vocal tones in his voice that are not read consciously by your mind. They're Mm. picked up subconsciously, right? Have you ever yelled at somebody from across the parking lot and, hey, Bob, then you realize it wasn't Bob? Mm. But there was something about the way they were carrying themselves that... You're, you, yeah. Before you even saw them clearly, you picked up this recognition, right? Yeah. Your friends can pick that stuff up left and right. If people know you, if they've seen you in public, politicians, whatever, okay? So even the slightest slip, I mean, even if his voice is close, like when Michael Keaton played or whatever, when these guys did their vo- the voice, the voice was almost identical to their normal voice, right? So yeah. who would not identify Bruce Wayne
0: Sure, yeah, that's yeah. ever heard him talk, right? Yeah. I
1: mean, that sounds just like Bruce Wayne. As a matter of fact, it sounds exactly like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Bruce, is that you? Kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, uh, disguise and impersonation is very, very different, okay? Let uh, me give you an example. It's actually in one of uh, the older books by Stephen Hayes. It's, there's this five book series by O'Hara, free plug for his books. But <laughs> anyway, he goes over this kind of stuff. And um, <clears throat> one of the things that for differentiating disguise and impersonation was in understanding um, the difference. And. Uh, Let's say I'm collecting information. I used to be a private investigator, right? So say Mm -hmm. I'm collecting information. I'm watching somebody. They happen to be meeting with somebody over lunch at an outside cafe right across the street from a construction area. Okay? So disguise is me putting on a hard hat, carrying a metal lunchbox, got the steel toe boots on, jeans, T-shirt, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. walking over, okay, and sitting on maybe a wall or whatever near these guys, but not close enough, right, and eating my lunch while I'm watching what's going on across the street. That's disguise. I'm disguised as a construction worker. Right. Okay. I'm wearing the costume or the I've got the outward appearance of a construction worker, okay? hmm mm-hmm. Impersonation is I have to do something on that site, and I put on a three-piece suit, shine shoes, hard hat, and carry some rolled-up blueprints under an arm Mm. to walk in, and I have to talk to people as though I'm an architect or I'm a city planner Mm -hmm. checking on certain things, and I've got to make contact with certain people. So I need to play the role of city planner, whatever. So this goes beyond just kind of dressing up, Mm. okay? It's one thing at Halloween to dress up like – you know, King Louis the Fourth, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different thing to take on the persona of King Louis the Fourth, And back to our Mitsu lesson from last session or last episode, thinking like, speaking like, acting like. Mm-hmm. This is where the ninja seishin teki that spiritual refinement, that mm-hmm. uh, personal clarity comes in, that when you're doing things like this, okay, you could have this entire transformation, but you 're still carrying the truth in your heart you 're still carrying you, okay The problem with this kind of uh, this kind of work for p i s for undercover you know drug investigators or whatever is you can 't be under for too long. The longer you 're under, the longer you risk mm. the light in the heart going out, and you literally becoming that which you 've been acting mm. You risk becoming the character ventriloquists run into this all the time and i don 't know what the name of it is, but um, where their the character they 've created for their ventriloquist doll right actually becomes real to them hmm. right where they actually the will hold conversation they actually end up having a split or a dual personality or whatever or these different things so just, the the danger in disguise is somebody sees through your disguise and mm-hmm. you know you 're recognized right impersonation. You're not just dressing up like somebody. You're insinuating yourself into the world of and convincing everybody that you are that thing. Mm. Okay? So am I just dressed up and looking like a construction worker so I can blend into the construction site so anybody looking over just sees another guy having lunch? Or am I interacting with the construction workers as though I'm one of the group? Mm. It's very different. Yeah. Okay?
0: Coming back, we'll get into our next segment, the Compassionate Warrior What is the warrior's view on compassion? How does a warrior define that word? It's much, much different than what uh, many people probably are thinking compassion is just at the moment. Mm. Mm. What's compassion? Compassion. Fluffy fluffy bunnies and butterflies. Be nice to people. Be compassionate. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk about that. It's coming up next on (laughs) Kuden. To some, martial arts is a hobby. You learn a few techniques, some history, a word or two in Japanese, put in time and hard work, and bingo, you earn a black belt. But few know how to truly protect themselves from real danger. Ask yourself, what kata helps you escape a burning bus or building? What waza stops a carjacker? Think outside the dojo. Get real solutions to real danger with the DVD Danger Prevention Tactics by self-defense expert Jeffrey Miller. Whether you have no martial arts experience or you're a 10th degree black belt, you will learn ways to spot, avoid, and protect yourself in a number of real situations that are all too common but never trained for in the dojo. Order the DVD, Danger Prevention Tactics from Warrior Concepts International. Visit www.warrior-concepts-online.com or call 570-988-2228. Danger Prevention Tactics. Protect yourself. Like a pro. We're back with Kuden. It is our third episode. I'm Eric White with Shidoshi Miller, and uh, we talked about some great topics so far you on this episode. This
1: long is what I'm thinking. <laughs>
0: you've, you've survived long enough to get to this spot in the show. Uh, we we talked about the uh, uh, the safety while traveling, and also Itonjutsu and more. How you can find out more on that in the upcoming camp. But uh, want to get into this topic of the compassionate warrior. Uh, what is the warrior's view on compassion? We seem to come up on these segments and try to define words, but you know a, a, a warrior has a different way of looking at some of these things that yeah, and you know what it it comes
1: it goes back to the whole results oriented kind of thing, okay um and being mature mm-hmm. and making decisions based on uh what's best for the moment. Uh, because really, I mean, if you look at the world, we've got this split decision kind of thing. And I don't care if you call them conservatives and liberals or well, I don't care what you call them, right? Mm-hmm. You got the people that, to them, compassion is always being nice. Right. Always. There's no exception, right? And you got the other folks that are like, compassion my ass, right? Um, yeah. No, I don't have time for that, right? Just need to put things where they belong. Right. right? Well, let's let's draw on a, on a traditional kind of... Uh, uh, Set of symbolism, right? In uh, in our lineages, especially in the gyoko to you, there's a symbol of the of the um, the dragon and the tiger, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you can actually buy scrolls; they're not very expensive. You can buy them in the martial arts supply places. Go to Japan; you saw there yeah. hanging all over the place, yeah. right? Where's this dragon coming out out of the clouds and kind of? Looking back around at this rock or whatever where this is, this drag or this tiger kind of walking up the rock, but looking back around at the at the tiger or the yeah. dragon 's head right and if you can soften your gaze a little bit, what you 'll see is this yin-yo or yin yang kind of thing right yeah well, okay, but to most people in the West, the dragon and the tiger are in the same classification they 're both aggressive creatures mm fictional or not, they're both aggressive creatures, right? Mm -hmm. just not that way in the East, okay? The dragon represents life and longevity and flexibility and, you know, wealth and all that kind of stuff, right? So, the dragon really represents the yin, or yin side, right? That soft, feminine, gracefulness, that kind of thing, right? Um, And the tiger represents the... Uh, harder aspects, right? The the masculine yol, uh, uh, yang kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that aggressiveness and fight spirit and those kind of things, right? But the idea here is that the the true warrior has both of them, okay, and in balance, because they're both weapons, okay. Mm. They were both seen as as the strongest creatures in their realms, okay. The tiger, at that time, was seen as the strongest creature on the material realm. Right, very ferocious, strong, mm-hmm. big, that kind of thing, right? Now, ironically, I mean, most Japanese people never saw a real tiger. I mean, all they ever had was skins and stuff. That's why when you see drawings by Japanese artists, these tigers either look like disproportionate or, you know, they look like the skin kind of hanging off of a body or whatever, right? I mean, they look really odd. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you don't have tigers in Japan, right? <laughs> Lots of monkeys in the mountains, but no tigers. Right. 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 Um, so, but anyway, here's this idea, right? There's a strong, ferocious creature, right? It's it's in command, right? They didn't know what lions were then. They had tigers mm-hmm. because the whole China, India kind of thing, right? So anyway, uh, and then the dragon supposedly was the strongest creature on the ethereal or the spiritual realm, mm. okay? Well, but they're both strengths, okay? Because in a social situation, I want to be more of the dragon, I want to be very graceful, very dignified, well-spoken. Hatsumi Sensei says that a true ninja is a gentleman or a lady. Mm. Okay, and We can talk about gentlemen at some point, too, because I really want to get into that, that the original translation had nothing to do with being nice. Gentlemen mm. were not gentle men. Okay? It's a contraction of genteel man. We could talk about that some other time. So Okay. If, uh, Get off my list. And you're not getting that lesson. Anyway, <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> I've got a headache at the moment. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> so here's this gracefulness and things, politeness, use of manners, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. That that's the kind of things I, That's the kind of tools I need to use to get results in social settings, right? I mean, people are going to act more favorably toward me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have to be careful though. If I take that stuff into a fight. And I'm nice and I'm polite and I'm respectful and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to get killed, right? I'm just not doing what I need to be doing, right? I mean, I mm-hmm. could do that up to a point. It's called negotiating or trying to talk this guy out of it or whatever, right? But if he's still coming, now nah, we've got to change, right? So we've got this tiger side, okay? It's our weapon skills, unarmed skills, right? Our fight spirit, our intention to win, our... our uh, uh, intention to dominate and destroy the enemy, that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Very, it's all or nothing kind of thing, right? Rip off your head and, you know, stick my tail in your neck kind of thing, right? It's very, Mm -hmm. very strong, okay? Uh, Because it works, right? But I don't want to carry that off into social situations, right? Uh, But you have a lot of fighters that are that way. You have a lot of, um, and I know this from experience, you have a lot of cops that way, a lot of soldiers that way. I mean, they relationships don't work for them because they're just they're asses. You know what I mean? They're just fighters and whatever and they're uh they're very brash and arrogant and things like that and they don't know how to cross the line. They don't know how to be one way in the ring or on the battlefield and another way in a different situation. Okay? Yeah. Ninja's very chameleon like, okay? The ability to be the right way in any given situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about this compassion thing, right? So what's compassion for a warrior? Okay, We can go back to that whole sanmitsu thing we talked about last episode. Uh, and being results-oriented, there's this figure uh, from Eastern philosophy okay, called kanon. Okay? Kanon represents compassion, right? Well, in Japan and China, kanon is feminine. But in Tibet and India, kanon is a male. Mm. Right? So I don't know where the switch got changed over, except that people believe, oh, well, compassion is more a... Uh, Feminine quality, mm. nice that kind of thing, right okay, and it could be, and I believe that most people think of compassion as being soft and nice and you know not doing harm mm-hmm. and that's not not true okay but here's a here's a moral ethical dilemma for you okay, okay. let's say that I work for the f a a in some capacity or some whatever state department is responsible for licensing pilots mm-hmm. okay you're my buddy, you know I have this job, right, and you go, hey Jeff. Why don't you hook me up with a license there? Hmm. Okay. Wow. Got quite. I have quite the dilemma. I don't have quite the dilemma. <laughs> but the average person who's thinking compassion, friendship, be nice to your friends, whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to have some, even if they don't give the person the license, they're going to have some major guilt issues because withholding the license and not asking, you know what I mean, not giving my friends something they wanted, you know, Mm -hmm, it's a mm -hmm. friendship kind of thing. Because some people just back up their friends, whether their friend's right or wrong or whatever. Right. Right. So um, they're going to feel guilty or, God help them, what if they do give them the license? Right. Right. Okay. Warrior compassion, or I would prefer to call it enlightened compassion, Mm -hmm. okay, has absolutely, positively, unequivocally Hmm. nothing to do with being nice. It's not that you're not nice. Mm-hmm. It has to do with doing what's right and appropriate in the moment to be of most benefit to most people. Mm-hmm. So my friend asked me for a pilot's license without doing the work and expecting that our friendship will get him one, mm-hmm. gets him a very different reply from me. Okay? Right. Could involve four-letter expletives. could be whatever, <laughs> because... The most compassionate thing I could do in that moment is not give him a license and remind him why it's not going to happen. Because if I gave him one, he's going to kill at least himself, if not a bunch of other people. Right. Right. So this has nothing to do with being nice. It has to do with doing what that person that I'm trying to help needs at the moment. Mm. So we need to understand the, the difference between what we might call granny love and tip of the boot love. You know, Hmm. you get an F on a test in school, and you go to Granny's house, and what does she tell you? Oh, honey, it'll be okay. Have Mm. some milk and cookies. Right. It'll be okay, right? So you always go to Granny's house first and tell everybody, (laughs) Because, you know, if you walk in the house and you tell Dad you got this F, that's where tip-of-the-boot love comes in, right? Uh And you might just get tip-of-the-boot because he's going to tell you to get your major act together. If you ever see one of those things again, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. you'll lose things or you'll... Things broken or red or bruised or whatever, right? right? Very different, okay? But the warrior understands both because sometimes, yeah, everything will be okay and just relax. There's nothing to be done, Mm -hmm. Other times, absolutely. You get off your butt and you go into action. There's this character called Fudomyo, right? That's often associated with the ninja, right? In Mm -hmm. one hand, he holds a sword that cuts in all directions. Other hand, he holds this coiled rope, Right. Got these flames surrounding him, but this this bija or like a shortened mantra that comes from is it sounds very much in English like "come on," mm-hmm. okay? But it could be a difference between calm mind and "come on, let's go, let's get this done." Right? Mm-hmm. So it's being what's necessary. If I have a friend that's mourning over a death, do I want to say eh, everything will be okay? Do I want to say, "Look, wipe the tears, get, let's go, we got stuff to do," right? Now, in that instance, maybe I just want to sit near them, and be there, if mm-hmm. they need a shoulder to cry on, if they just need eyes to glim, you know, look into, mm-hmm. whatever. Sometimes it's not doing or saying anything, mm-hmm. okay, but it's knowing the difference. It's being sensitive to what will produce the results mm-hmm. that's necessary, which is making sure that people are okay. Making, you know, if somebody needs. Uh, boy, I need money, I want to go on my vacation or whatever, then you know what, bud, um, get off your butt, get a different job, stop making excuses for why you have this one, whatever, okay? For other ones, you know, i uh, just, I'm confused and I don't know which way to go or whatever. You know, I might tell that person, uh, relax, it'll be okay. Just give it some time. You know what, even forget it for a couple of days. The answer will come to you. Mm-hmm. And other times... There's nothing to say, so don't. Because opening your mouth or doing something with your body could just aggravate things. And we've Mm -hmm. all been there, right? So compassion, contrary to the conventional way of looking at it, for a warrior, has nothing to do with being nice. It has to do with what is right and appropriate for the moment to move things along. And right and appropriate is always about restoring harmony, unity, well-being, those kind of things. Okay. Hmm. goes back to the, the kanji drawing for the word warrior, right, Boo? Okay. Mm-hmm. It means stop conflict. But warriors often ent- engage in conflict. Right? It's always to bring it to an end. Right. Right? Hmm. difference between a fighter, these guys that are out there beating the snert out of each other and being willing to be beaten themselves because of money, glory, fame, trophy, yeah. whatever, right? And then yeah. there's a soldier. That's their job. You know, You mm-hmm. don't get to choose the enemy. You mm-hmm. may buy into the local politics about what it is, but... I got news for everybody. I've been around for a long time. I was in the army when I was 18 years old. Okay, that was 27 years ago. Wow. The enemies that we had when I was a kid
0: mm-hmm.
1: are our friends and allies now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we're fighting somebody else that most of us never, most of us never even heard of. Mm. Or if we did, you know, they were our allies because we needed. Them to keep an eye on that area of the world for us and stuff. So, right, soldiers don't get a choice. Okay, they have to go, or they're in deep trouble. Right, warriors choose. Right, who to who to align themselves to, and sometimes, and even you know, in our laws and stuff, right, we'd like to say that we choose the patriotic side, but a true warrior, a ninja, chooses to align themselves with those who can they can have a mutually beneficial relationship with, and. Those people also have the same philosophical ideals as mm. the ninja. It's not a materialistic thing. It's not just oh, well, they'll protect me and we'll hide here until a better option comes along. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Mm. no, this has to this has to work. Okay.
0: Very very powerful stuff. <clears throat> you can always find out more. I'm sure you've got plenty of questions. Warrior C at warriorconcepts warrior dash concepts dash online dot uh, com. ...is uh, is the email address. Also go to warrior-concepts-online.com to check out the website and how you can find out more information. If you're looking to get in contact with uh, with Shidoshi Miller, you've got some more questions for him. Maybe they, you know... Sometimes people might have a little more personal questions when we talk about dealing with these...
1: Yeah, and not just me either. I mean, that's what the forums are really for. I mean, yeah. you're on there. A bunch of the black belts are on there. We've got guys from uh, that we're connected with, you know, from Canada and stuff that often help with uh, camp. And uh, It's a great forum for people to get involved in. Uh, Just a side note, we will not allow our forum to degenerate into the self serving. Uh, thing that a lot of these forums have become where it just becomes nothing but attacking or mm-hmm. uh, arguments and things like that. Uh, we really try to answer the students' questions. Um, you know, I'm not on there as much as you guys are because of all the stuff I'm involved in. But at the same time, you know, they can go over to warriorconcepts, all one string, dot, uh, forumco, F-O-R-U-M-C-O dot com, mm-hmm. and get registered for the forums. And if you're a registered member, you get, um, a much more access than somebody who's just kind of moving around as a guest. And then, um, you know you can always apply for uh, once we know you and you're around for a while and stuff like that actually get access to some of the other passworded areas and things like that so mm-hmm. uh but we got to make sure that the, the people that are there are really there to get something out of it positive benefit and they're not just just there to you know uh put up their own banner and and be self-proclaimed uh, experts or whatever you know and uh that being said yeah they can go to the website they can go to uh and go to the forums. The forums are actually a much better place Mm -hmm. for them to get this stuff because you guys can bounce these ideas off of each other.
0: Coming up uh, Mm -hmm. in our next episode, Kudin, some really good stuff. Uh, We're going to talk about workplace violence. It can happen to you. Also uh, on our show, our next show, Shuriken Jutsu, some tips and tricks and techniques. Uh, Plus, we may be bringing in a special guest uh, that deals with uh, the actual manufacturing of the WCI Shurikens that uh, are sold through the website. You can look for those online as well. Mm -hmm.
1: And a little sidebar on the website kind of thing, um, we used to just, you had to be able to, or you could order them through the website, but our yeah. processing companies, uh, a lot of these uh, groups are now out of, like, California and things like that, uh-huh. so they're making the rest of the world conform to California laws, shuriken or no-no, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So if you want these things, you're going to have to send me an email with your information or you're going to have to call the academy directly, um, but uh, we'll talk about the uh, the shuriken training manual that we have and, and you know, some of the distinctions, like we did last episode with the, uh, with the uh, Shinobi Katana Take a look at these things. Uh, a lot of these things are just toys, and you know, wonderful mm-hmm. things out there in public. But yeah, a shuriken is close to my heart because there's lots of things that can be. Pre- they're they're in a category of weapons called ningu, mm. uh, which are small, handheld, easily concealable weapons.
0: And uh, it's not just you know they're not just throwing stars anymore. <laughs> Very cool stuff. And and we'll also continue on our next episode. This this line of definitions that we're trying to go for and 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 how a warrior defines respect respect yeah respect is a big big thing again what we need to do uh, as warriors
1: as ninja is grow up and i'm not saying that in a, in a mean way mm-hmm. i mean that the process of transformation is also a process of maturity and there were lots of lessons that we got as kids right um that were delivered in an attempt to teach us certain things, but we had childish minds, we couldn't process very much, you know, so, um, you know, just like in, in martial arts, I have, a, I have a moral and ethical question for my students, right? If you were taught as a kid not to hit, right, why are you involved in martial arts? Why are you involved in self-defense? Because you have to hit another human being, right? But a kid can't get much more than that, right? Just good people don't hit, so I want you to be a nice child, don't hit, Right? And that's the only lesson that most adults have, and they're still walking around the world. I mean, you've seen them in class. They'll come in, they want to learn self-defense, and they can't bring themselves to even lightly touch their Mm -hmm. partner Mm -hmm. because I don't want to hurt them. Mm. Okay, I understand that. However, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, Right, you get the idea, right? Yeah. When the full grown-up lesson is nice people don't hit other nice people who are trying to hurt them. I talked about that last episode. Right. right? But this is the same when it comes to respect, when it comes to any of these lessons. We have to be careful because our belief systems were formed in the most crude ways. Mm. When our brains were still underdeveloped, there were still sections of our brains that weren't even going to be developed until somewhere between the ages of 18 and 22. And most of our perspectives were were taken on and developed by an entity that was 6 years in the world had no clue what was going on child psychologists tell us that by the age of 6 a person's personality and perspectives are pretty well seated that unless they take active uh, uh active um I don't know what would you call it intervention mm-hmm. on themselves uh, they're not going to change they're going to go into adulthood with those things Think about that. Most of the things that you believe now and the way you operate in the world, you decided were right and correct and whatever when you were six. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's. Most of us wouldn't let our six year old mess with the remote control to the television set. (laughs) We're going to use these belief systems to vote for the people running the country and, you know, what martial arts style is right or. Oh, come on. Yeah. You know, so the first thing we need to start doing is
0: questioning where the hell we got these ideas. That we got. More great information coming up on our next episode of Kuden. Look for it soon online. And thank you once again for joining us. Remember, we love to hear from you. Your comments are always welcome. Warrior C at well, warrior-concepts-online.com. Sometimes they're welcome. If they're not welcome, we'll let you know yeah, some way or another. If they're not welcome, uh,
1: yeah, I don't answer them. <laughs> we'll just laugh about them in the booth. <laughs> yeah, that's always good. Send us some of your comments. If
0: they're bad, we'll make fun of them. <laughs> that's right. At least we'll get a kick out of it. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us, and we'll look for you on the next episode of kuden Thank you for listening to kuden The podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes, call 570-988-2228 or log on to www.warrior-concepts-online.com. That's 570-988-2228 or www.warrior-concepts-online.com.